Good morning, everyone. I am Dr. Shubodhi Pramanik, consultant endocrinologist at Neotia Gatewell Hospital, Shiliguri. Today, I am going to discuss a very interesting case about Mr. A, who is 53-year-old male and corporate executive who was diagnosed with diabetes six months back. So, a newly diagnosed type 2 diabetic patient. When he came to my clinic for routine checkup, he was complaining of only weakness. On detailed evaluation, we found that his family history was positive for hypertension and myocardial infarction, and he himself had a previous myocardial infarction three years back. He is also a heavy smoker for almost 30 years, quitted five years ago, and has been trying to lead a healthier lifestyle. So that's the history part, which depicts the patient is already an established cardiovascular disease patient that has had previous myocardial infarction and newly diagnosed type 2 diabetes. Keeping that on background, we went for a physical examination and lab evaluation. Physically, it was seen the patient's blood pressure was 140 by 90 and the weight was 92 kgs, the BMI being 30.7. So that is in the obesity range. Lab evaluation revealed the HbA1c being 8.4%, that is uncontrolled. LDL cholesterol was 137 and the triglyceride was 156 mg per dl. The renal function was slightly geobordized, the EGFR being 65 per ml per minute and the urine-albumin-creatinine ratio was 50, that is in the microalbuminuria range. On drug history, the patient was on metformin 1 gram twice daily, telmisartan 40 once daily, amlodipine 5 once daily, atorvastatin 10 mg once daily, and aspirin topidoglin that is on dual antiplatelet. So to keep summarize the case history, this is a young chap already had a myocardial infarction three years back. Despite being treated for diabetes, hypertension, and cholesterol, his sugars are uncontrolled on metformin monotherapy. Pressure is uh, in the borderline range, and the cholesterol is not at all controlled with atorvastatin 10 mg. The target LDL in this group of patients, usually we keep it below 70 mg per DL, and here it was 137. So, how should we manage this case? If we focus on the uh, treatment approach, then possibly the most important thing we need to focus for this patient is cardiovascular protection. We obviously need to reach glycemic goal without any hypoglycemia. And at the same time, we need a weight reduction because the patient is obese. And we need to protect the microvascular complications of diabetes because patient already had started leaking protein in the urine, although in the microalbuminuria range, but we need to prevent that. And on top of that, we need a convenient dosage schedule because the patient is a busy executive. So giving a lot of medication throughout the day will be difficult for him to continue. So we have many jobs to do for this patient. So if you consider primarily what is most important for this patient, it's possibly a cardio protection and a good glycemic control along with good lipid control for managing CV risk reduction. And what should be the ideal agent for that? 
let us discuss on the royal combination of hglt2 inhibitor and dpp4 inhibitor in this patient here an hglt2 inhibitor is an anti diabetic agent which works by excreting excess glucose through the kidneys and dpp4 inhibitors are insulin secretagogue which is glucose dependent mechanism of action that causes controlled insulin release from the pancreas depending on the blood glucose level and whether combining them has an age that i am going to discuss in next 4 to 5 minutes so the benefit of this combination if you just point them out number 1 is a good sugar control less hypoglycemia body weight reduction the cardio renal protection simple regimen and durable achievement of glycemic goal for prolonged duration let us focus to all of them one by one so to detail them i would focus on some background knowledge of cardiovascular disease in diabetes then i'll discuss few of the landmark trials done with hglt2 inhibitors and gliptins and lastly i will point them out that how this royal combination is going to help in this particular patient so cardiovascular disease is a leading cause of morbidity and mortality in adults with type 2 diabetes with its onset estimated to occur 12 to 15 years earlier in people with type 2 diabetes the excess risk for atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease in patients with type 2 diabetes has been estimated to be at least twice than those of without diabetes and a framingham study has suggested that almost two third of patients of diabetes has subclinical cardiovascular disease and diabetes itself increases the risk for subclinical cardiovascular disease by 4.3 folds and subclinical cardiovascular disease in turn increases the risk for cardiovascular event by two fold so you can well imagine how uh, detrimental a bad glucose can be from the cardiac point of view the vascular wall in patients with diabetes is well known to have advanced atherosclerosis so already we are in a battle where uh, diabetes has jeopardized the major vessels in the body and we need to protect our heart from that area so for that it was 2015 when the era of evolving dimension of cardiovascular care in type 2 diabetes management changed after publication of impareg outcome trial so this is possibly one of the most important trial in recent times which demonstrated that significant benefit of empagliflozin for cardiovascular mortality so cv depth was reduced by 38% in patients with type 2 diabetes and established cardiovascular disease apart from that the 3 point mes was also reduced all cause mortality was also reduced and hospitalization due to heart failure was also reduced significantly and all types of cardiovascular death was reduced more prominent benefit was seen for heart failure related death and sudden cardiac death and post hoc analysis of this trial demonstrated consistent cardiovascular mortality benefit irrespective of the prior cardiovascular event 
whether the patient had MI or stroke, the benefit remained the same. The heart failure burden, the CKD status, baseline A1C level, or control of multiple risk factors or background use of any medication. So irrespective of all these factors, the reduction in cardiovascular death was evident in patients being treated with empagliflozin in this trial. So how, how empagliflozin helps in reducing cardiovascular death? The exact reason is not known yet, but it has been seen that uh, possibly it's a hemodynamic effect and that includes osmotic diuresis and natriuresis leading to blood pressure lowering, decrease in arterial stiffness, vascular resistance, decrease in weight, and decrease uric acid and oxidative stress. So there are multiple mechanisms behind that. Which one is most prominent, we yet do not know. But it may be a conjoint effect of all these factors that causes so much of cardiovascular benefit seen with empagliflozin. Another mechanistic study, that's the EMPA-HEART trial, they suggested that empagliflozin reverses cardiac remodeling. They improve myocardial energy and feeling conditions reduce LV wall stress and mass and reduce blood pressure and arterial stiffness. So that may be a direct mechanistic view how empagliflozin improves the cardiovascular outcomes. Coming to the gliptin data, in, in Carnelina and Carolina trial, linagliptin also demonstrated CV and renal safety of linagliptin versus placebo or an active comparator in Carolina trial when added to standard care in patients with diabetes who are at high risk for vascular complications. So broadly telling, empagliflozin had shown cardiovascular superiority and the linagliptin has demonstrated cardiovascular safety. So what happens when you combine these two agents? So combining these two agents, number one is a potent anti-hyperglycemic agent. So at week 24, it was seen that empalina combination showed statistically significant HB1C reduction as compared to the placebo and when add-on to metformin. So the decrement in HB1C was in the tune of 1.81% at an HB1C baseline of more than 8.5% at 24 weeks. So higher the baseline A1C, higher is the uh, decrease in HB1C with this combination. So glycemic efficacy is the number one benefit the weight reduction was the second benefit, which is obviously due to the SGLT2 component. The cardiovascular benefit and renal benefit we can expect because empagliflozin has been shown undoubtedly to improve the cardiovascular events in long run. And talking about pathophysiological benefits, among the eight facets of ominosoctate, almost seven are taken care of by this royal combination. So you can be jolly assured that using this agent is going to attack the type 2 diabetes pathophysiology from multiple sites and that's going to give you a benefit in the long run. So this combination offers a suitable component in strategy to achieve target HB1C without hypoglycemia and weight gain in patients with high baseline HB1C level together with cardioprotective benefit in this group of patients. Finally, the case when uh, we, we started with a 53-year-old male, already diabetic, hypertensive, and dyslipidemic, uncontrolled on metformin monotherapy with an HB1C of 8.4%, 
This combination is expected to reduce the A1C to below 7, provided the patient abides by the diet and exercise modules. And according and and add on to that, this combination is going to give a cardiovascular protection as well as renal protection. So this offers a newer horizon in the management of type 2 diabetes and as a result, nowadays we are using this group of agents as a second line and sometimes as a first line agent for management of type 2 diabetes. Thank you very much for your patient uh, hearing. Uh, if there is some queries, then we can always take it later and can discuss. Thank you.